0: Hello to all the Rugby League diehards and welcome to another episode of Six to Go. My name is Tom Canfell and it's great to have you company. As we head into today's episode, you know how it works. We'll cover six topics related to the game or even their own career. My guests this week are A.B. and Elliot Lovejoy. They're the hilarious hosts of The Rush Hour on Triple M. Not afraid to take the piss out of each other and also talking to the biggest names in sport is what they do best. Hope you enjoy our chat. Here's AB and Elliot. I'm joined by AB and Elliot from the Rush Hour on Triple M as the next guest of the 60 podcast. Hey, how are we doing, guys?
1: Hello, mate. What's going on? Thank oh, you.
0: Guys, it's a pleasure to have you on, and I'll kick things off with the incredible season so far by the Cowboys. What's changed last guys last year? They were a bottom four team. Now, at the moment, they're in the top four. I know it's a long season and things could change. But, A.B., I'll start with you. What's impressed you the most this season about the Cowboys?
2: I mean, I'm probably biased because we get him in on our show every week, but I've always thought that leadership is key. And I think having Chad Townsend as an addition to the co-captaincy has been the best thing for the Cowboys. You even see it in all of the players' Instagram accounts. They're always going out and doing team-building exercises playing golf, uh, cooking meals for each other. I know from working in various teams over my career that that is the most important thing and it can breed success. So I'd probably say Chad,
0: the power of Chad. (laughs) And Elliot, it's not as if they've had uh, a massive overhaul of the roster. Like AB said, it's really only been Chad that's come in. Uh, But the emergence of the youngsters has really um, provided a spark for this team, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it has. And I think those young kids buying into what, Todd Payton's philosophy on life and football is, is a big part of it. And just seeing the growth of, you forget how young Reuben Cotter is with all he's been through and injuries, but but Jeremiah and I, there's probably not a better aerial threat in the game at the moment. Uh, it, it is, an AB hit it on the head, it's a culture thing too. Chad told us a story a little while ago of when he was at uh, pre-season training before the veterans actually sort of came in into the training and he was just watching. And he noticed a lot of bottom lip from some young players and things weren't going their way when they were dropping the ball, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and basically he stamped that out pretty quick with some of the coaching staff. And, yeah, they just seem like they've all bought in and it's working.
0: You mentioned Todd Payton. At the start of the year, guys, Todd Payton was the third favourite to be the first coach sacked. AB, it's safe to say that we can put that on the shelf for a while.
2: <laughs> yes. Luckily for him, Newcastle and the Warriors and the Bulldogs have uh, sorted that out. Tigers, obviously, Madge was up there for a little bit, but no, it's, it's, it's really nice to see. I hate when coaches get sacked in general. I just think so many times teams will get rid of their coach when that's not actually the problem. It's systematic. I can say that as a Broncos supporter, cause we had a couple of coaches and not much changed. Uh, it, I just don't think it's always the solution. It's the easy way out. And yeah, by giving someone a chance like they have with Todd, it's paid off.
0: And Elliot, you mentioned Reuben Cotter there. His story is quite remarkable. He comes through as a bit of a dummy half and now he's transitioned into that middle forward role. Uh, he's now been selected for state of origin. He'll play this weekend, starting lock for Queensland.
1: He he could really be this generation's Dallas Johnson, couldn't he? Uh, he could be this generation's anything. I, yeah. I just I've never seen a bloke of his stature transition into the front row to start. Uh, also, very rare that a bloke that does I think two ACLs now he's had a number of knee complaints. Uh, he's only played 31, I think, first-grade games. Uh, very rare you, you get past that and become a better player. Apparently, he put on six or seven kilos in the off-season. Uh, but if you told me 12 months ago that Reuben Cotter would be playing front row at club level and uh, the starting lock for for the Maroons, I, I might not necessarily have believed you, Tom.
0: And, A.B., a video came out uh, about a week or so ago now with Todd Payton um, announcing the selection of those young guys in the Queensland team. And you could really see the the team get around each other. And that that you can just tell there's a really good culture building there, can't you?
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think the most special one for me personally was seeing Tom Dearden, who was a Broncos player that I was very upset to lose as a Broncos supporter. Uh, who had no confidence going into the Cowboys at all, be given that 18th man jersey and even the look on his face, like he was genuinely really surprised and his team it, it felt like the team was the most happy for him because he needed that boost so badly.
0: Hey guys, continuing on with the Cowboys chat, I was born in Airlie Beach and something that I'll always remember as a kid, that when the Cowboys were good, particularly in that 2005 grand final run, you just knew because there was a buzz about the region and that was in Airlie Beach, which is 300 k away from Townsville. Is is that the case this year with their success? Elliot, I'll start with you. Can you talk about how the whole region of North Queensland gets behind this team?
1: Yeah, there's certainly a lot more smiles around around Townsville and, and the surrounds. It's... uh. You're right. It's it's not dissimilar to a place like Newcastle, and I'm biased there, and having grown up and supported that team, when the team is going well, the town and areas around it are better for it. People are happier going out to the pub for lunch on the weekend. Uh, it's easy to go to work on a Monday after your team's winning. So it's it's certainly a region. It's the biggest catchment area in rugby league, right? North Queensland. You've got fans in the Torres Strait. You've got fans all the way down to Rocky and even further south. Uh, it. it it makes a big impact on, on mood to an entire region.
0: AB, when I was younger, I remember Josh Hanna and Paul Bowman came to our school and uh, they were treated like absolute rock stars, which is great <laughs> because, you know, nicer people I don't think you'll meet. How, how important do you think it is that clubs keep up that, that sort of engagement? And like, like I said, I remember that day and it was 15, 16 years ago.
2: Well, I don't think you can ever be too big for your boots. Like if you're not actually going in... And giving time for the fans that pay the bills for you, basically, uh, you're out of touch with the community. It's obviously really important here. I can't imagine what it's like in places like Sydney where they have so many different teams because, you know, you could be a Penrith Panthers player and be in Bondi and it would be unlikely that you would find any of your people that way. So for North Queensland in particular, I mean, it's a huge area for them to have to cover, but it's imperative. And you see it more and more from the teams down south. Like I know the Dolphins are going to start trying to get their – hooks into all of the regional towns, make sure that they're doing trips and staying top of mind. Uh, But yeah, Broncos, even I have friends growing up that grew up around this sort of Northern Queensland area and they supported the Broncos because they would have had one of those meet and greets with an ex Broncos star.
0: Elliot, do you think that um, one of the big issues in the game at the moment is, is uh, crowd sizes and uh, we'd, we'd obviously like to see crowd sizes increase do you think one way to do that is is through tapping through the youth and, like I said, like those those players going out into schools and, and uh, engagements like that?
1: Oh, yes and no. Most clubs that we're across I, I know are doing that at not just uh, their community level, but you talk about, you know, the Titans and the Cowboys are doing it right throughout the state. Uh, so I don't know if it's necessarily that. Um, I know the Cowboys, for example, they're having the best crowds they've had in years. That's because of mm. their success, it, and it does breed... You know, people come to your games, you win games and people want to come and watch you. And I'm a big believer in the suburban grounds and taking the games to the regions though, because, you know, I love seeing a packed out Mackay, for example, they had the Roosters Titans there, uh, absolutely sold out. And, and, you know, most kids in Mackay don't have the chance to see their stars very often. So to see a James Tedesco running Mm. around is a, is something that a kid remembers forever like AB with those school visits.
0: Okay, guys, let's talk about the teams. You both support Elliot. I'll start with you. The Knights obviously haven't had the season you would have hoped for. However, I will say, with the loss of Jaden Braley to injury and Mitchell Pearce to the Super League, I, I don't think that can be understated. Is it fair, though, to expect more than what they've delivered this year, even without those guys?
1: It is fair. I am one to use the injury excuse. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw the NRL physio put out a tweet the other day, and take this what you will, and, and it was which NRL clubs have suffered the most major injuries in terms of five or more weeks recovery in 2022. Uh, Knights were clear at the top with eight. Second place, the Roosters and six. Uh, Broncos are down the bottom with two. And no excuses for the Titans. They've only had one, the Dragons down there too. Uh, injuries play a part, I think... Piers gets bagged pillar to post. And I think that's because in origin, he just couldn't win. But as in terms of a club halfback and the way we control the game, there's a reason why they made the finals two years in a row whilst he was there. He, he was such a huge loss. And now you got Jake Clifford, who's a kid trying to find his feet. Adam Clune, he's got a bunged up knee. Um, and Milford, you know, I'm praying to any heaven and God above that he potentially stays <laughs> next year. I think more Good likely. Luck with him. Yeah. I think he goes to the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, it, it's been tough, mate, but you know what it's like being a fan. You've got to go through the bad stuff, and there's a lot of it sometimes, and and you just hope there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: In the past few days, Jake Turpin has asked for a lease from the Broncos, which I think is fair enough. I'm a big fan of Jake. I think he can be a quality nine in the NRL. Is he someone you'd like to see Newcastle try to get for the rest of the season as a stopgap for Jaden Braley? Because I'm not giving up on uh, Newcastle going on a bit of a late run here.
1: Uh, probably not, to be honest, and I like Jake too, but... If Braley's back in, I think Chris Randall's good enough to be playing 14. I'd more like to see the Titans nab him um, because Aaron Clark, I think, is a good player. Jeez, he looked so much better when he was playing 13 for that second half on the weekend. And, and they're in dire need of a game-controlling nine. So, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to see him go somewhere like that. I think nine depth is one area we we might be okay.
0: From the outhouse to the penthouse, AB, your Broncos are flying. (laughs) Reynolds and Capewell have been as good as advertised. Uh, When I spoke to Ben Eichen at the start of the year, he said Adam Reynolds is the best free agent signing in the history of the club. How do you feel about what he's done?
2: I was a bit doubtful at the beginning of the year. Full disclosure, I'm married to a South Sydney supporter. Staunch. (laughs) And he loved Reynolds. It was a love-hate relationship my husband had with Reynolds. He thought that he often disappeared when it was difficult, which I think is a pretty harsh criticism from him. So I didn't want to put 100% into investment of Reynolds when he came along. I think that, like I said before with Chad, there's a lot of that off-field stuff that those leaders do that we underestimate. It's not all about them playing. It's about someone who is a superstar, who brought their team to a premiership final, who can inspire the young generation of players. And hopefully, I mean, he didn't end up being a one-club man, but hopefully he can, I don't know, instill that into some of our younger guys. Like, I'd love to see more of those one-club players come through. I'm hoping Selwyn Cobo is one of them.
0: You mentioned Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, he's been picked for Queensland this Wednesday night. Uh, is he ready? The argument against him would be he's only played about 15 games.
2: Yeah, I worry about them getting in too early. I mean, people use Kalen Ponga as an example for that. I don't think that's totally fair. He was injured for a lot of it, but mentally, I don't know. I think he's got a good attitude, but if I just fear that if things don't go well in game one or two or however often he actually gets to play, it might psych him out mentally. We don't know how mentally strong he is yet, so it's all sort of touch and go, I guess, to see.
0: I spoke to Peter Bedell in the preseason, and we were floating around uh, Origin Bolters for later on in the year and Selwyn Cobbo was a name that we bought, both bought up. Uh, the The biggest strength I feel is that he just loves contact. He's not afraid of it at all. He's not afraid of a tough carry coming out and in State of Origin, that is 100% what you need. My concern would be uh, Nathan Cleary bombs in front of 80,000 people. That would be my concern.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean... <sighs> I don't know with the pressure what it's going to be. And, and, I mean, this is a completely different side than the Penrith Panthers for Cleary too. So how he performs as a group with them, yet to be seen. Hopefully Pretty terribly. Pretty
1: good last year. Pretty good last year. What are your
0: expectations for the Broncos for the remainder of the year?
2: Look, I don't know if we're going to be grand finalists, but I would just really be happy to see them back in the top eight. I mean, it's a It's a pattern I'm used to. I'm comfortable that most of my life we've spent in the top eight and I don't care how arrogant that is.
0: Top 8, you would think, would be uh, very achievable. But with health, you would be certainly hoping for top 4, wouldn't you? With health permitted?
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see how we go post-origin as well. Sometimes some injuries can come from that. Don't know about Reynolds because he keeps getting those same niggling ones over and over again. Um, But, I mean, mentally-wise, I think that they could definitely try for top 4. It's going to be hard and a bit of a reality check for us when we do finally face up against the Panthers to see where we sit. And I think, unfortunately, that was the case for the Cowboys the other week as well.
0: Guys, the big story of the week was Payne Haas asking for a release from Brisbane. Uh, he's obviously put off that request until the end of the year. The facts are, when he, he was 18 when he signed a six-year deal for about $500,000 a year. The Broncos have already upgraded that contract for more money without even extending for any more years. And that's usually what would happen if they were to upgrade it. They would ask for more years to be put onto that contract so they keep him yep. for longer. Uh, this will inevitably be brought up in the off-season. He'll ask for a release again. Elliot, he hasn't won any PR battles over the last week, has he?
1: <laughs> no, he hasn't. But I, I think my opinion differs from most in that I always believe the best players in positions should get paid. And players' careers are short. And if you've got to go out there and make a bit of noise to make it happen, uh, I'm not necessarily against it. I'm not in pain shoes. Uh, I don't know what his goals are, but if he's thinking, okay, I am the best prop in the game, which is, uh, maybe he should be around that million-dollar mark. Uh, as I said, like he's probably got, what, 10 to 12 years left of an NRL career if he stays fit. He wants to earn as much money as possible, which is fair enough, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the right way to go about it, the way his agent, you know, was so public about everything. Thank but you. But go and get paid, mate. Go and get paid.
0: <laughs> I, I 100% understand where you're coming from. What, what would you say to this argument, though? He's, he's mm. told the Broncos he wants $1.1 to $1.2 million a year. Yep. And also a clause in the contract that if they don't make the top four, he can leave after that year. <laughs> the irony is if the if any club pays paying $1.1 to $1.2, $1.2 million a year, yeah. The one thing I can promise you is they're not going to be making top four because their salary cap is just going to be so out of whack. Mm. What do I make
1: of the contract? Uh, the, of, the, of the ask for the clause. I mean, the Broncos then have the choice to say no, don't they? They say, all right, good luck to you at, with respect, the West you Tigers. we would be so different about be. this if it no, was. No, what I'm saying is if that clause is in the Knights contract <laughs> and they don't like it, then you say no. You say bugger off. If that's what was in Ponga's contract, you say, okay, we can't do that. We don't believe in that. Yeah, my guts would be hurt because I love KP. But if you don't feel that that matches up with what your club wants moving forward, then you say Payne has been great, but we've got Palacio, T C Rabardi, and a whole bunch of other blokes come through the wings. Uh, see you later. We're going to spend that money elsewhere.
0: Just quickly, uh, I've, if you if you were could you make a case for any club accepting that type of
1: a deal? Because I I, yes. I couldn't. Yes, if if you were a Melbourne or a Roosters. Uh, absolutely. And to be honest, I'm the Tigers right now. I would tell Payne management any white lie they want to hear <laughs> to get him to that club uh, because he's he's the best front row
2: in the game. Yeah, but like, okay, my perspective, yes, I think everybody should ask for more money if they're the best, but how can you possibly justify being paid more than the captain and playmaker of your club, Adam Reynolds, who's Adam on 850?
1: Adam Reynolds is not a top five halfback in the game. He's, he's a great <laughs> player, but if he's not the best halfback in the game, why should it be on more money than the Plus, best prop in the game?
2: you have failed to mention the off-field discretions that the Broncos have stuck by his side for, even when things weren't going I'm great. I'm not
1: saying he shouldn't be loyal. I'm sorry, Tom, we're taking over you your podcast for it. I'm not, saying he, I'm not saying he shouldn't be loyal. I think he should because that club's put up with a lot through him. But at the end of the day, the Broncos get a choice to make. They say, all right, we pay this guy, we agree to a clause or try and alter a little bit to maybe top eight or whatever it might be, or we say... As I said, we've got talent coming through. See you later. Have fun at the
2: Tigers. And we clause and say, stop getting your snaky management to try and make deals two days out from a game. W- Stick it to the end of the season. Here would, here would be my point. If you if you separated
0: those two um, s- situations that he wants in his contract, right, the money from the top four clause, you could go to a Melbourne and say, if if we don't make top four, I want to leave. That's okay. But they wouldn't be able to pay that money. You could go to a West Tigers and say, Yep, they'll give you the money, but they won't be able to make. They top definitely four. won't make top four. So, yeah. the, the, to me, there's a it's both both cannot exist while the other survives. Really, I don't so, think
2: there's a club that can qualify for what he wants.
0: No, AB as a Broncos fan, would you let him go if he asked for a release at the end of the year?
2: Yes, because if he's mentally not there, then he doesn't. We shouldn't be spending the money on him. Like it's eventually, players that are great go, and yeah, like you said, you just make more investment in the new guys coming up, and hopefully holistically as a club, we have a better attitude going forward because if he's going to be part of that old guard that thinks they're too good or that they are above the team unit, then it's not for us. We've had that problem for too many years. Talking to Ben at the start of the year, I, I got
0: the feeling that the money was not an issue uh, as far as uh, being a million-dollar player goes for Payne Hearth. Um, but for me, if, if you were to get out of the Payne Hearth stakes now if you're the Brisbane Broncos and go all in for Cameron Munster... Wouldn't that be the play, Elliot?
1: Mate, I would give my left leg if I was Ben Eichen to get Cameron Munster. And I know he's not off contract till twenty twenty four. Yeah. Uh, but even to have him, then he, he's a top three player in the game. Mm. He's a freak. He's another one that maybe he's had a few issues off the field, but he's only growing up as each year passes. Oh, mate, he, I mean, if I'm Newcastle right now, I'm in the market for a half. I am throwing, mate. You can have the club. You you can own the beach. We'll give you a house. Whatever it takes to get someone like Cam Munster at your club, absolutely. And he's a true character of the game. He puts bums on seats.
0: Uh, AB, so if uh, so, Cameron Munster is able to negotiate with clubs after November 1, or he's able to sign with clubs after November 1. Sorry, he can talk to anyone who wants now. But yeah. he can, he can uh, sign a contract after November 1. Would you let go of Payne Haas in the risk to hopefully attract Cameron Munster to the club saying, hey, look, we've got... You know, let's say that they make the top four. Hey, we've got a top four club here. Payne missed some games throughout the year, and we still won without him. Is would that be enough to draw him to Brisbane?
2: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I don't like trouble players that much. I don't know. They just I, it feels like something of our past. And like I said, it's probably worth the investment to try with new and younger talent, even if we don't get Cam Munster. I do think Munster will go to the Dolphins. So I don't. I, the persuasion of Wayne Bennett is. Has no limit. <laughs> you can't beat him. I don't know what it is.
0: Let's move on to the rugby league version of Christmas, and that is State of Origin. Uh, what about this particular matchup? are you most looking forward to Wednesday night, Elliot?
1: Oh, mate, I think Staggs Val Holmes has been talked about a lot. Uh, it's hard to go past it. Uh, Katoni Staggs with early ball, and just to see how Val handles it. I'm not saying he won't. I just think it's an unbelievable battle. Uh, what they do with Harry Grant off the bench, Queensland, uh, I could go on and on battle-wise. It's the best team Queensland's been able to pick in, in four or five years, and that's because there's blokes that were deserving, like Mo Fodawaka, that have had to be left out. Uh, so I think it's a 50-50 game and 50-50 series. The only negative for Queensland is you got a game in Sydney first and then... Perth second up, so you've got to find a way to nab one of them. Their record in Perth is dreadful uh, and and Sydney in front of 80,000 semi screaming Blues. uh, is not an easy task either.
0: (laughs) AB, I firmly believe the pressure is on Queensland to win this first game, even though it's in Sydney. uh, This might be the only game where Latrell Mitchell is missing. Uh, He's a good chance to come back in game two, so I think for Queensland to win the series, one and three would be most likely, games one and three. Who do you think is under the most pressure in game one?
2: I think the coaches are under the most pressure because it's that old saying, those who can't do coach, can those who do coach? Because this is the biggest coaching lineup that an origin side has ever seen. It's completely stacked with former origin greats, Queensland greats. Can they get it done in coaching? I mean, I've seen, I worked in rugby union for a few years and I've seen Brad Thorne, former NRL star and rugby union star, try and coach and at the beginning he said that he found it really difficult to separate being a player from being a coach because when you were the master of your trade it's really hard to see people perform differently to you and not just want to run on yourself. I will be interested to see if that Slater-Smith-Thurston-Hane combo can work.
1: Elliot
0: how surprised were you that New South Wales didn't pick Josh Adokar or Jake Trevojevic?
1: I was surprised with the Fox, I was. I can understand the reasoning in that the runs are out of trouble. Those really hard carries, Tupo and To'o, are probably the best two in the game at it. Um, and they say the Fox, aerially, not as strong as they'd like. Then again, To'o, not oh that strong through the air. But I, I think it's the tough carries that probably got To'o in there. The Fox's record at state of origin level is excellent. He's a great team man. So I was upset and shocked to see him not there. And as much as I love Jake Chavoyevich as a player, a character, I think he's awesome, I think it was the right call. I think defensively he's great, but I think that whole forward pack is defensively great. I think in attack, uh, the players they've picked certainly offer a lot more than, than unfortunately Jake does. I think he's got one tackle bust uh, the whole season. A lovely fella, an awesome bloke, but you can't just pick people because they're good human beings. AB, with Josh Addo it's
0: it's been quite talked about that the main reason that he's not been picked is, uh, in relation to the bulldogs form as well. Mm. Now, do you remember those $1,500 Nissan Pulsars that get around with the 19 inch rims and the big spoilers in this, in this analogy, too Josh well, Addo O'Carr well. is the rims, Matt Burton is the spoilers and the bulldogs <laughs> are the, are the Pulsar. So is it fair to blame Josh Addo O'Carr for the, the troubles that the bulldogs are having?
2: No, no, definitely. I don't think one person is responsible for the failure of a club. But I think it's really sad that clubs like the Bulldogs, like the Warriors, they're going to be less appealing to people that have origin hopes to play for. Because if your team isn't playing well, you inevitably aren't going to perform as well. And that can mar your chances. I think he's the worst, like he's going to be the poster boy for that now, that a bad club might ruin your chances.
0: Okay, guys, I want a prediction for Wednesday night and a man of the match. Elliot, I'll start with you.
1: 40 points to 10, New South <laughs> Wales, Nathan Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm legit. I think, I think it's a good battle, but I think New South Wales run away with it too much class. AB?
2: Well, we were reading today that Billy Slater apparently said the first person on his Queensland origin side for game one was Reuben Cotter, which is insane. Debutant. Man of the match Ruben Cotter score. It's going to be much closer. <sighs> 26-24 like to Queensland.
0: It. I like it. I like it. I think Harry Grant is in for a big game as well. He it's it's incredibly rare with Harry that you you get someone that changes the game in this sort of way. Like, for example, Cameron Smith was able to slow the game down to um, his pace. And I think Harry Grant is shows the exact same amount of Control that Cam did but in the opposite way he speeds it up to a pace where only he can really go at so I think he's the key for Queensland (laughs) guys it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Cisco Podcast I can't thank you enough for taking some time thanks so much for coming on
1: our pleasure good on you mate great yarn
0: a big thanks to both AB and Elliot for coming on the show you can catch them weekdays 4-6pm to on the Rush Hour on Triple M or via the listener app by the way, if you want to get in contact with me on Twitter, you can at TCanFell. And don't forget to give the 60Go Facebook page a like as well. My name is Tom Canfell. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And until next time, this has been the 60Go Podcast, and that is Full Time.